Hey, this is Ryan with the Leafs cast. Wanted to let you know that we have a YouTube channel now. If you wanted to check us out on YouTube, leave us a like and a subscribe. And for now, enjoy the pod. The Toronto Maple Leafs are on a four-game losing streak. Halloween's tomorrow, but the scariest thing is happening in Toronto Maple Leafs sweaters. But the Leafs cast has answers for you on how to fix the Maple Leafs. The Leafs cast is back now. Great pressure here from the Maple Leafs. Power play. Riley on the left wing side. Top to Marner again. Top of the circle. On to Matthews. Holds a pass in. Deflected by Nylander. Over top of the goal. Another chance for Willie. Another shot stop. Tavares scores! Oh, goals. Those, those be nice. <laughs> Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Tim Allison looks like he's been crying. It's been a rough one, okay? I Here's the thing. I've been a hockey fan all my life. And I got to say, this year, soccer has been outpaced. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the Hamilton Forge win the championship. And I was like, man, sports can not be painful sometimes. And then I immediately go and watch this Leaf game. And it's brutal. Brutal. A real, a real tough week for the Maple Leafs. Just, it, I feel like this Anaheim, this Anaheim game was the worst of the ball. Just when you had hope that there was going to be a little something that was going to give you, a, you know, some Sammy smiles. Nope, this team's the worst. <laughs> this is the, the life worst. of the Leafs, man, and we're stuck with it. <laughs> it is funny you bring that up, Tim, because I had these same thoughts. I'm sitting here watching the game. It's a Sunday night. And I'm like, I got other stuff I could be doing right now. I have other things. We all have other things we could be doing right now. We're dedicating it to the Leafs because we do still, we love this team. We're stuck with them. I don't know. It's a love-hate thing, but we, we're, we're here to talk about it today. I'm glad you had a good time with the Forge, but let's let's pull it together. All right. Oh, holy smoke. So your Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, four games this week. Uh, the end of a back-to-back tonight, and the Leafs have gone 0-4 on their California road trip. We do have one win against a, a Western Conference team. Uh, wait, two wins. Did we beat the oh yeah the, the Coyotes? No, we lost to the Coyotes. Oh, we beat Dallas. We, we, beat, you know, we, did, yeah. we proved we can win oh, in overtime wins. sometimes. My goodness, we played a lot of Western teams. Anyway, a loss to Vegas on Monday night, 3-1. Sharks on Thursday night, four to three. The Kings last night, four to two. And tonight, a mere, I don't know what, 35 minutes ago, a four to three loss uh, to the Anaheim Ducks Mm -hmm. that my wife barely even knew was a team. Who's (laughs) ANA? She didn't really know where Anaheim was. Usually, anyway. usually if like we don't record minutes after a loss, like unless if it's the playoffs, we all like defer to like at least a day to give us something positive to talk about. I feel like there's nothing that you need to let meditate though. I feel like we didn't even watch four games. We just watched one game that was 12 periods long of the same thing of the Leafs. Well, hold on. Maybe it was like, the Leafs showing up for four out of the 12 periods in various games. And that's about it. And it's just, it's just the same thing. It's the same thing we saw before these four games. It's, it, it's so obvious the reasons we're losing and it's so not obvious the reasons why we, it won't continue. Cause it, for all I know, it's just going to keep continuing. I don't know. It's brutal. 
Well, maybe rather than get into the the individual games and maybe some of the things that happen, unless you guys have things you want to touch on tonight, maybe it's best to get right into the conversation at hand on what we three, I'll call us experts, experts in the field of Toronto Maple Leafs. Experts at critiquing the Toronto Maple Leafs. (laughs) Um, Feel is the answer to fixing the Toronto Maple Leafs a Maple Leafs team that, yeah, so far this season hasn't gotten it done. Below 500, by the way. I was thinking about that as the game was starting. I was like, tonight we will either be, at the end of tonight, we'll either be above 500 or below. And that's two very different, you know. No, I I think we're on pace for like a sub 80 point season right now. It's, it's, it's startling how bad the season has, has started off. We're below the Montreal Canadiens, a team that expired to be 32nd in the NHL this year. I feel like it's not even the wins and loss and the points, though. Like, it's last year, we got off to a really bad start. We had a lot of L's at the beginning of the season. And I remember, you know, things were panic mode in Leafland then. It maybe yeah. it's just recency bias, but it feels more concerning now than it was back then. This, this, it's just, we just look bad. We look really bad against really bad teams. Anaheim was like 31st in the league at goals for 32nd at goals against. We lose four to three. We barely make it to overtime. We only make it to overtime because the refs blew a stupid call and decided to give it back to us on goaltender interference. Yeah. Are you kidding me against Anaheim? And that's like just the most recent that's on this list. It's, it's pitiful. Well, okay. What what was the record after the first handful of games last season? It was bad, but it this does feel worse. Well, and like, I'm like what, I was, what I'm know. kind of pointing out is that like in years past, like okay, the regular season doesn't really matter with like wins and losses. Like Leafs obviously were projected to do fairly well this year. Goaltending uh, kind of was a big question mark, but then and what you look for is like the process. You look for like. Sure, if they get losses but are like playing well and dominating, you can live with that because there's an 80 game season. We're 10 games in. We have not deserved to win. I would say any of these four games. Yep. No. It and it's just like, do the players care? Do the players care? I look at these guys. They say the same things, and I don't know if they care. It's tough to even like pick something to blame because. There's several times you there's several forwards that you can kind of point to and say, we didn't. Oh shoot! Did I just lose you guys? Nope. 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 You're still here. Oh, my cat, cat just a- attacked my house and closed everything on my screen. <laughs> um, right as Ryan was getting going, she's frustrated too. Yeah, she's losing it over here. Um, no, there's there's several forwards and several times you can point to them and just say, like, what the heck? Like, in, in this last game against Anaheim, you know, Mitch Marner is the obvious one. You say, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you making these plays? The the defense, I would say, is the most concerning of all of it. It's just top to bottom looks horrible. And goaltending, clearly, there is a reason why we brought in both Murray and Samsonov because Calgrid is, like, what, Owen four to start the season and like it's looked okay but clearly he's not the kind of guy that you could rely on to start many he's an okay third goalie but he's a third goalie 
And this is the kind of game you, you can't be letting in four goals to Anaheim. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just I mean, it's, it's, top to bottom. It's flawed. I'm not sure if he's played four games, be 0 and 4, but his goals against average is certainly around four. Mm-hmm. Brutal. You know whose goals against average was darn near five? The goalie that the Leafs lost to last night in LA. Yeah, Brutal. that's true. And he had like an eight, an eight, four, seven goals against average. That is below AHL level. And they are like, I mean, he did. I mean, usually these kind of guys turn into like the Vesna mode and like they steal the game from the Leafs. We've seen that a lot. He just like had to show up and stand there and it's like, oh, let's shoot it out his chest. Surely that will work. This time. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure Shelly made one high danger save tonight or really has so far this season that I can think of. Um, I don't that's know. That's pretty grim. I mean, Shelly's not that much of a concern because you shouldn't be relying on Shelly to do things moving forward, right? It should be Samsonov. Eventually, it should be Murray. If Samsonov is your biggest problem, you're in pretty good shape. Or sorry, yeah, if Shelly is your problem. But like... I don't know. It's it, it was weird that Shelly started two of the three last games. Like, how concerned are they about Samsonov and his health? Like, what? Why? Why is Shelly getting these starts? I don't know. It's all. It's just. It's just annoying. How endless this pain is. Like, it's just so repeating. <laughs> this team, man. <laughs> this team. Um, I mean, we're we're kind we're kind of all over the place, but like. One thing I want to point out for for Shalgren, like I know, I think they mentioned that Samsonov is maybe feeling a little under the weather, which is maybe why they're going with him. But like looking at the standings, you say like, all right, this is a game that we can play Shalgren for. Like we haven't talked about like looking ahead, but like the Flyers actually doing well this year. I think they're in fifth. Bruins first, Hurricanes sixth, Golden Knights second. It's like we have hard teams coming up, so it's like. I I understand them. They play Shalgren now because like, oh, it's lean on Samsonov heavier later. But at least like, it seems a lot like part of me says that, oh, it's just they don't have their mojo and they need a win. Like looking at them tonight, the last 10 minutes of the third, they look terrified of the Anaheim Ducks. Of the Mm -hmm. Anaheim Ducks. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's tighten up here. Yeah. Let's bring it back. It's raw, and things are uh, things are 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 grim right now. But what the team needs our help right now. And as Maple Leafs experts, what can the what what? How do you fix this Maple Leafs team? There's a lot of season left to go. Right now, I mean, they're, Tim's right. They're in the Bedard sweepstakes, <laughs> uh, or they're shaping up to be there. Bedard's but, looking real good. <laughs> What do you guys? What do you guys have prepared? All right. Well, I'll I'll hit you guys with one. And I I wrote these before tonight's game, which is kind of funny because Keith did exactly this thing, and I'm going to suggest that maybe he just keeps doing it. And I'm just saying to keep keep switching it up and keep keep messing with the lines until you find something that works. We have so many depth players, and unfortunately, we went into the season thinking that we had a whole bunch of third liners. Now it looks like we have a whole bunch of fourth liners. But every night we have like three or four forwards who could be rotating in and out or several other players who could be moving up or down the lineup. And maybe it's just about like finding the groove that works and riding the players that are hot. You know, Tim, I remember years ago, I feel like it's been 10 years now. It's like the first time that we did a hockey pool and there was no restrictions on how many players you could like bring up or, or put down 
And all Tim did was just like every week he would reevaluate and pull up like, oh, this like random player who's just like a rookie who no one's heard of is all of a sudden really hot. I'm going to put him on my team. He's only there for three games and he sends it back down. He made like 40 something changes that season. It just like destroyed everybody picking these hot players. I feel like that's what Sheldon Keefe needs to do at this point. Just like uh, figure uh, out what works. Matthews. No. Figure figure out who's going, who's not going. If even like extending to the top players like Nylander or Marner, he benched Marner for like half the third period and it didn't work out so well. But like just if they're not going, sit them. If they're going, play them and play them higher. And like there's lots of guys you could do that to. You could put Mulgan and Robertson on the second line. You could put Bunting or Kerfoot on the first line. You could put Simmons or Reese or Kubel on the fourth, Camp on the third or fourth, even with like the defenseman with like, you could go Geo Hall, maybe like Riley Lilypad when he comes back, or Geo Brody, or like that. And even in net, there was always the plan with with Murray and Samsonov to be switching it up. So maybe it's it's just like n- none of this set lineup. Stop trying to find the right thing. Just whoever's going, put them in and 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 see what happens. I don't know. You know you, you know what I mean though. I do. I I don't know if that's the solution. Like I think. Keith tried that tonight. Like tonight's lines, like we haven't talked too much about the details, but they were some of the weirdest lines like we've we've ever seen. Like you've ever seen. Like just total all over the place. You can tell, like, it almost looked like desperation lines if Keith trying to find something what's worth, but that works. But really it's just like like I, I saw a stat, like five players today were on the ice for uh two five on five goals. It was like Matthews, Marner, Bunting, Riley, and then Justin Hall. We've talked a lot about Justin Hall, but those and those other four names, though, it's just like it's not the wing. It's not the winger on Matthews and Marner's wing that is the issue. That's going to be whether they go or not. Like I don't know if they're healthy or if they're the not not healthy. If they are healthy and they're just in a funk, it's just like at the same time though, Tim. It, it can be the winger that's on the wing that makes them go. Like we we started off last season with Nick Ritchie on the wing with Matt, Matthews and Marner, and they sucked for like the first fifteen games. And then Bunting found a groove and he went up there, and all of a sudden Matthews and Marner were fantastic. And you know, chicken or the egg is that because Matthews and Marner came out of their funk and it was just so happenly right when Bunting got there. Or is it bunting that gave them a spark? Like, you don't know until you try. Maybe Robertson with Matthews and Marner is the greatest thing ever. And it's even better than bunting with Matthews and Marner. And right now it's not working. So I'm I'm ready to say like, okay, next game, Robertson, Matthews, Nylander, second line. You know, like, let, let's just keep shaking something up until something works here. It's It's easy to say like, oh, let's blow the whole thing up and make lots of trades. If you're not going to make a trade, then like, let's... Let's figure something out and let's find something that works with what we have. Cause we have lots of pieces and we know they work. We've seen them work in previous years. It's not like they're bad players now. Maybe it's partially staying the course, partially finding what's going to be hot this season. I forgot to mention off the top. Yeah. The, the crazy lines tonight. I thought I had, I don't have the stats here. Uh, the Maple Leafs iced William Nylander as the center of the third line. Have the Leafs ever actually won a game where William Nylander was tasked with playing center? I don't think it's ever happened. I actually thought that line was pretty good. I kind of liked the Nylander, Mulligan, Robertson experiment. Like defensively, man, they were awful. (laughs) If it was ever in their end, it was just over. But like in the offensive end, they they were kind of flying around there. I didn't mind it really. I don't know. 
I just don't think the Leafs have ever won a game with him there. I mean, usually they go there in their moments of desperation. That's they true. They go to the well. Okay, so so an argument against what Ryan's saying here, though, is that's kind of what they did tonight, and it did not work out. Like, the Leafs need to win games, and um, and, and I know, like, like even, even with the lines that they started out with tonight, things were getting moved around. Like, Morgan Riley technically played the right side. Mm-hmm. That was where he was iced right next to uh, Sandine. And, um, you know, it, it didn't work out. So, like, I know you're saying, let's ride these hot hands, but, like, I don't even know who the hot hand is. Like, I guess it's Nicky Robb, who's looked, like, Good. He's looked good. He hasn't looked like great, but he's looked good. Maybe like, and but like can help out that top line. But besides that, I don't know who this spark is because Bunting's like whatever. Yarncruck is whatever. Like there's just it, it's all these fourth line guys. I don't see any of these guys. I, I don't see it. I I just don't see it with this group. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, that's, like that's what I'm we don't have like looking at the Marlies. We don't have anyone that's like waiting to, to come up. Like I guess there's Matthew Nyes in college, but like Robertson was that guy. He was the spark. And we've seen pieces of it. Like it looks like when he plays with like one of our, one of the big four, he can kind of get it going. But I think with last year where he was playing with like Yarn Crook and Envall, and like I don't think I noticed him the whole night. It's like I don't know. But you don't <laughs> need like the next rookie sensation, Nick Robertson. Like we didn't have I don't think we had Kubel playing tonight or like as much as we hate it, Simmons or Clifford are sitting down there. Like there's other NHL quality players that are in our system that you could just like bring up and maybe like you don't want Simmons playing 82 games, but if he's hot for three games, get him up there. And then when Kubel needs a turn, get him up there. And like, I don't know, but if you guys don't think that's it and you think there needs to be something else, what's your suggestion? I don't see you saying anything over there. Well, I'm just in a disagreeable mood. Didn't matter uh, what clearly. you said. I like, was crying it. earlier. He's been crying. We want to admit you it. Got, Steven, what's yours? You guys aren't going to like this. I think it's time to relieve Sheldon Keefe of his head coaching duties of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it's time. I mean, that's I that's think, the elephant in the room. That's like I think it's time. I, 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 I don't remember what I said after Game Seven. I might have said it after Game Seven. I think there was an argument. There's been an argument that this could have been. There's an argument to be made that this could have been done many times in the past. And there's a lot of season left. I don't know who the person is that replaces him you think, as head coach. You think the players have quit on Sheldon Keefe? I think uh, I look at like Austin Matthews, who's looked, you know, fine, right? To like, if if he's a 10, normally he's around a seven or eight right now. And he needs the motivation to get himself to a 10. He was a 10 last year because he worked really hard, right? And he scored all these goals and he was, he was a horse out there and, he's not being motivated by Sheldon Keefe right now. Right. Like that's for sure. Like, like, so if that's not motivating him, he's already got the money. Um, he's already won his MVP. I get it that like a lot of the guys in this team are tired and none of us were calling for the Leafs to completely blow up this roster right now, but it's starting to look like that, that is what needs to blow up. Sheldon Keefe being gone. The Jays did it midway through the season this past year where a lot of people even thought a lot of smart baseball people thought it was the wrong move, right? Like they just did went they? on a little bit of a skid and it was, it ended up being the right call. The Bruins uh, fired Bruce Cassidy this off season. They're in first place. Um, the Vegas golden Knights do it every couple of months. <laughs> it works out well for them. No, but they missed um, the playoffs last year. And the Jays it, were like one and nine on their streak. We're not quite there yet, but 
Well, they play a game every single day. If the Leafs played uh, 10 games this week, they would have lost nine of them. Yeah. Um, Actually, for for the season being half as long, losing four games in a row is like the equivalent of eight in baseball. But That's our that's our mathematician, Timothy Allison. <laughs> oh, yeah. Math, um, I put that math in my calculator, gets a crying emoji. I think I think the Leafs are a mess right now because I think the roster is rough. I think it's a fail on Kyle Dubas, who I was pretty upset with this past week when I was just looking at this team losing and saying that like they I also just feel like they don't have the horses. So where in past seasons, I think Sheldon Keefe did some like like he w- when he has just an all star roster was doing fine with it, but not excellent. Now he does not have an all-star roster and he's failing. So we need somebody who can elevate the group. So is what uh, you're saying the, to fire Dubas and Keefe or do you blame Dubas, but just well, you fire can't Keefe? fire Dubas mid season. I think there's an argument and we'll see how the rest like, of here's the season the thing, goes. That, but a lot of the decisions that Kyle Dubas made this off season are hurting the team right now. There's, there's like $12 million of, of players on LTIR right now that we knew were an injury risk going into the season mm-hmm. that Kyle Dubas made the decision to sign to a contract, right? That's hurting the team right now. We can't just fire Dubas right now. And I understand that like Dubas gets a lot of W's, but I said it in the chat earlier, this, uh, earlier in the week that like, he really does shoot like 50% though, because Yarn Crook sucks. Like this guy sucks. He's not gonna help the team. Hold on. So hold on. Like, Before you're saying Yarn Crook sucks, Richie sucked. Okay. Yarn Crook does not yeah, so suck. That's but he's 50%. definitely not a hit. All right. All the same, Ky- Kyle Dubas is not hiring the next coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if you fire Sheldon Keith, it's because you are replacing him with like an interim, like Manny Malhotra, someone who's already on our bench just to step in and do it until the end of the season. Then Kyle Dubas would be let go. If Keith is gone, Dubas is also gone. So Dubas is then gone at the end of the season and a new GM comes in to pick a coach. If you fire Sheldon Keith, you're basically writing off this season. It is, it is absolutely the wrong decision to make. No, absolutely. You're telling me that one of our assistant coaches is going to do better than Sheldon Keith. We have a lot of assistant coaches. Why not? We we have like 30 assistant coaches. No, there's Money. no, there's nothing to say that the boys have quit on Sheldon Keith. For everything that, that I know, for the people who are actually in there talking to the guys, he still has the room. He still has the ear. There's nothing to say that Sheldon Keith should be fired here. It's the, because the, what the, you've lost the like four games. The ice no, say that. Do you not look at the team and say that they're not like like that 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 a, a proper head coach that was motivating this team would help? You, right, like you can't just say, "Oh yeah, they haven't lost the room." It looks like the room is lost. Steven, These when, guys, who was the last coach that was fired before ten games into the season? Tell me the last coach that was fired earlier than ten games. No, minimum think, twenty-five uh, to thirty. Is I think the Bruce uh, Boudreaux in Vancouver was maybe okay. one or two games away. Like if they had <laughs> lost a couple, he would have been done. But they got his win. He got his milestone. <laughs> Unless if you start the season 0-10, it doesn't happen that early. It's not happening that early. Maybe a few but, weeks from now we can have that conversation if this is continuing. But I don't think I'm expecting it to continue. And I don't think that even if it does, we're going to have this conversation. 
All right, guys, you ready for you're saying, my fix? You're saying that like it shouldn't happen because it doesn't happen. But what if it happened and it worked, right? Like what if it just, what if it was the right move? You were saying, uh, you're I, saying the same thing about Mike Babcock three years ago. We're just saying like, this is the right move. Thank you, the savior of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe, who by the way is the highest winning percentage of any coach in the history of this 100-year-old franchise. And you're saying to can the guy because of a yeah, seven-game slow the best start? Roster. He has like the one of the best rosters in the entire. Does he? Because you were just torching the roster about like, two and a half minutes ago. Well, he has he has the best like like this collection of stars. The reason the reason why anybody's listening to this podcast and the reason why even though the Leafs are zero and three on the week, they're still going to be picked to win over the the uh, Anaheim Ducks because they have these these elite players and like it's a formula. But, that but should Stephen, work, these but elite these elite right players now. you're referring to are the same players who have been this core of the team for the past like six years who are also under Mike Babcock. So at what point do you stop blaming the coach and say these players either need to go or need a proper kick in the butt because it's on them. It's not on the coach. The same problems we were talking about four years ago are the same problems we have now. So maybe it's not the coach. I'm, I'm suggesting the coach because that's a realistic thing that could be done right now. It like a- after tonight, like if a team came calling saying, Hey, like I'll give you this haul for Mitch Marner. That'll help the Leafs win the cup right now. Sure. Maybe I'd listen, but like you're not moving $11 million of salary cap space right now. That's just not happening right now. Like, like no, team well, we haven't heard Tim's fix for the Maple Leafs yet. And maybe that's it. Clearly not. I've been listening to you guys just go off and off and off and off. And it's like, Tim, have you been here? Are you? I know. He's like, should I just interrupt or do I just let them go off? It's like, he's just playing on his calculator. Ryan and I are not brothers anymore. Oh, and divided. I redact everything said in the past. <laughs> Dead. Um, I, I think both of you. what the least need to do is win. <laughs> that's oh that's, the, oh, that's the cure to fixing the Leafs. I look at this team. They have no confidence at all. We know like for years that the Leafs are the most mentally fragile team in the NHL. We sometimes fool ourselves thinking we're different. We're not. These guys have like the mental fortitude of a paper bag mm-hmm. and that's why like we saw it with the power play a couple of years ago they get in their own heads and they're brutal brutal and it, like i don't know if they need to like <laughs> don't know what these guys need to to fix it in their minds but i don't think making these huge decisions like firing firing uh sheldon keith is a way bigger decision just than a regular team firing a coach because of that relationship with Keefe and Dubas. Keefe is Dubas's guy. He's been his guy like all these years. They their fates are tied together. Like there's a reason Kyle Dubas's contract expires the end of this year. No extension at this point. They're saying like you have the reins for the end of the year. Whatever happens, then you go. Kyle Dubas will not fire Sheldon Keefe before Thanksgiving. If So what do you if, what do, what are you saying, Tim? Just like let it play out, let it fix itself, don't make a change, stay the course. Don't don't make a radical change. So if you want to uh, trade some depth guys for other depth guys, like shift around the deck chair is fine. If you want to trade Justin Hall for a bag of pucks, I support this. Um, if you <laughs> what want if it's to a half full bag of pucks, like what if you just get like a like three or four loose in the bag at the end of practice? If I saw Stephen Douglas on the blue line of the Toronto Maple Leafs instead of wearing that number three jersey, I'd say like. All right, the bar is low. <laughs> it's uh, there's been some rough ones. There's been some rough ones, it's, which is brutal because like we talked before the start of the year, like 
all right, it's got to be Hall that goes, right? And it was only like injuries that delayed this uh, decision of when, like, when to pull off the trade to make us cap compliant. And now Justin Hall has like, maybe he wants to stay in Toronto and he's like so terrified of being traded. He just said, I'm going to make it so no team wants me. Well, you succeeded. <laughs> it's uh, so as much as much as it sucks because it does suck. Like the Leafs are fun. I think I've got, I go back and look at past games. And it's like, is that what happiness was like? Can I, can I watch the Leafs and be happy? Cause it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. You're not wrong, Tim. Like it's this team set franchise records last year for how good they are. And we're largely similar. Like we're not losing because we have yarn crook on our team instead of like what Kasha, who was in the IR for half the season. Like it's, it's, it's still the same team. It's still the same Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares out there. And like, like I, I wonder if like Matthews is just on the heart trophy hangover. Like he went all out last season. He wanted that record. Like we saw, like he wanted 60 goals. He, that number mattered to him. He would go out each game and say like, I'm going to be the best player in NHL history. And like, dethrone mcdavid and each game night that was his mission to do that i mean it, it, if he, he still that, doesn't he, have that hunger right now then he's a weenie like give me a break this is your job you're getting paid it. like 12 million dollars a season to go out and do that every year we what do you think that we're gonna give you the season off i i don't know i struggle to believe that someone like him someone who's that competitive even is capable of that mindset i don't, I don't know if i buy into that well, I mean, but even the, you looked at last year, last year, we like we didn't get off to the start we wanted. Mitch Marner, did. we might forget, he didn't get going until after he was injured in Christmas. He got like 90% of his points between Christmas and April. Like mm. these guys, maybe are just slow starters. I don't know what their offseason routine is playing, uh, just hanging out with Bieber all day. But these guys, like maybe we always used to say Matthews would dominate in October. It's getting old. It's going to take a while to get out of bed. Maybe. I don't know. But like, I, I wouldn't overreact to a bad road trip um, in which a non NHL goaltender, like we, we, we give, yeah. we like Shelly. He's a good guy. He's not an NHL goaltender. Sometimes you think the Leafs like, Oh, let's rally. Let's rally around this. Not great goaltender and play more carefully. No. The Leafs just hate Shelly, but they give him they like they ever did that with Hutch. We've never done that, Tim. Never done that. Other teams do that. (laughs) We don't do. do. But like, I would not overreact to like these games that are bad. Like, and he hasn't been losing us games. I'd say our top players are losing us games. But at the same time, Shalgren's not stealing us any wins. So let's not turn the ship around half on fire. Let's (laughs) let's subject yourself to more pain and like. I, uh, what, what do you have to thing. say, Stephen? What hey, do you think? Well, I feel like what Tim's saying is like he's not completely dising- disagreeing with where I'm at, but he's saying that right now is too early. So my question is like, because because the 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 potential outcome of this season is that the Leafs, you know, completely missed the playoffs. You've pissed away another year of you know prime Matthews and Marner and Nylander and you know. And then you just go at it again next season, right? But so, so if the Leafs are still sub five hundred in a month, what do you do? What do you do then? <laughs> That's another podcast. 
<laughs> but what do you do then, right? Do you agree with me then? Because like maybe what I'm saying, I I was feeling this way on like Wednesday, but like I was like, I want to see how some of these weekends games going. But how much longer do we let no, this if, continue? If you still if worse? you're still there a month from now, then yeah, I agree with you that that not necessarily keep should be fired, but those conversations should be happening. Like they're deservedly happening or big trade on the table. Like if they're still there in December of a sub 500 team, something needs to change. That is too uh, far into the season, I, but I don't, but we're not there now is what is what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, it's too early now to say like, let's fire the coach nine games into the season. It's, it's too early for that. <sighs> what were you going to say Tim? I was going to say there's, there's a stat that, that Elliot Freeman always posts around American Thanksgiving and where he posts that uh, like the teams like in the past 10 years or so, there's only been like five, <clears throat> five or six teams that been out of a playoff spot at Thanksgiving to have make it back in the playoff picture. So you can almost end like you have a really good indication two months into the season about who's going to be in the playoffs. There's only a handful of teams that make it back to then granted like some teams that have done that include the st louis blues which went on to win the stanley cup so mm-hmm. maybe stop posing that chat after they won but the 10 games is is too early to totally turn around this roster i think all right let me let me make a suggestion then it's not totally turn around the roster but i think if there was one change that you wanted to make i would say let's bring in it let's bring in a defenseman I, th- I think of the three positions that are not coach. That's the biggest one. That's like, I don't, I don't see it. Even with, even with Lilligren coming back soon, I think that that's the, the biggest one that we could, we could use an upgrade on. Cause honestly, I don't think any of our other five defensemen have been in particularly great, except Giordano. I actually would say that he's been our best defenseman yeah. this year, like better than Brody, better than Riley. He's about 10 NHL players better than Hall. Like it's, it's, he's, he's been good, but I'm open now. Like let's look into moving Muzzin. Let's look into moving Kerfoot. Definitely Hall. Oh my goodness. It just keeps getting worse for that guy. Clear out some room. And I have three names that I would target as a defenseman. Are you guys ready? I don't know if we were ready for, for trade bait, but Whoa. these are my three names that I want. All right. The first one is Ristolainen. On Philly right now, he's twenty-seven. Oh my goodness! Get out of here! This is like your your money mover, your um your big ticket. This is like the trade deadline mover. You bring him in, even shoots right. This is someone who's going to be like a statement. You bring him in, he's on the Leafs. No, shut up. We got Braun also on Philly. Bad about thirty-four. Only one, only one point eight million. Justin Braun. He's six foot two, over two hundred pounds every night, and he's a veteran. He's someone you could put out there, and you're going to trust what he could do. The last person I have is Ilya Labushkin, Arizona. Dubis loves going with what he knows. Bring him back. Put him with Riley. Freeze up Brody to play with someone else. Those are my three ones. Yeah, I knew you were going to get me on that wrist to one, Tim. But I, I, if I'm going to pick some defenseman, I want someone who's going to make a statement. And I think all three of those guys will make a statement. on the Right. Wrist to makes $5 million for the next five years. That is one of the worst, if like one of the worst contracts in the entire NHL. No, the it's entire not. NHL. Just, yeah, you get it retained, though. Like, it's not like you're pulling in the full five point whatever million. Like, you get that a half retained. I'm not even going to devote more time in this podcast to that. That idea is ridiculous. Well, it was my, thir- uh, it was my I, least Ilya, favorite of the three anyway. I, I really, I, if I had to stick my name on one of them, I, I'd say let's bring back Labushkin from Arizona. That, that's All right. Well, first off, call up Buffalo because that's where he plays, not Arizona. 
Um, oh, you're right. Good point. Richie plays Arizona. We're yeah, not bringing yeah, him yeah. back. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have to go to Buffalo for talent upgrades. <laughs> mm-hmm. How the mighty have fallen. Buffalo's third hey, in the division, if though. If we're trading for a guy, I know we talked about it the last pod. Let, let's bring in old Jacob Chicken, Jacob Chikrin. If you're talking about a, a defenseman, a guy who wants all that smoke, he's like faking an injury right now so that he doesn't have to play another game for the coyotes in the old mullet arena. Um, you know what I mean? Right? Like, I don't know. You're probably right. All of our defensemen are bad. They're all bad right now. Mm-hmm. They cannot get out of their own zone and um, it's troubling. So. I mean, I, mean, I would be against it. Honestly, at this point, like I'm a lot more tempted at the chicken stuff than I was even a week ago. Like it's, it's four straight games. Our defenseman has just like brutal top to bottom. The only thing that holds me back about Chikrin is like it's going to take all of our spending money to bring in Chikrin. So that's kind of like our one shot at at fixing it. If he if we bring him in and it doesn't work out, if this injury he's faking is actually legit, because he has had quite a few injuries the past yeah. little while. Granted, I, I wouldn't trust the Phoenix Coyotes medical staff to. Tim Dubas loves rolling the dice with injuries. Like, get, get, let, let's bring back uh, uh, Lupul. Let's bring back Joffrey Lupul on our team. It, it is strange how, like, I don't know, my mindset's really changed. Um, where, like, I'm just so ready to, like, lose in the long term on one of these deals now to bring in somebody. Like, a month ago, I would have been like, I wouldn't trade Matthew Nyes for anybody, mm-hmm. right? This guy seems like the truth. And now it's like, Okay, if Matthew Nice can uh, Matthew Nice trade, right? Like either you need to start playing for the Maple Leafs or we're going to trade you for someone who can play for the Maple Leafs, right? Cuz the Maple Leafs need somebody right now. Like What's well, a hard um, position to be in? I don't know, but it, it, it's easier to like it, it's if you have a really good team, then you want to bolster and say we're going for it. Are you saying that like you want to trade away your future just to like take our team which is bad to hopefully be good? I think you know this I mean? like it's season? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't know, because I want to st- I want to think it is the season. And it should be the season, right? Because you've got all these guys and they're in their prime. Like, are we going to have are we going to feel better about the Maple Leafs when Austin Matthews is 28 or something like that? Right. You know, and and like, like I don't know, like, like, it feels like you do need to go for it this year. But um, right now, the team's not showing you that they necessarily deserve that. These are all like conversations that like it's early to be having them, but like Tim said, it can get late pretty early. Like yep. November, American Christmas is close. I can smell the turkeys. That's what they cook here, guys. Turkeys. Uh, well, do you guys got any others? I feel like we went over like some of the big ones here. No, no, that was mine. It was very a very frustrated one. It was just the the Keith conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, and, and I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Like Keith tried calling out his elite players and I mean, maybe the elite players started whining behind the scenes. So Keith had to come out and backtrack some of his comments or so does the carrot work? Maybe the stick you know, doesn't work. I don't know. What'll be interesting. Um, I'm done with coddling we'll these millionaires again. though. We will pod again, but um, how the Leafs do after this week, right? Because even though we're very doom and gloom, about the Leafs right now, I would not be surprised. And I would honestly bet on them, not necessarily to win, but to to really play well on Saturday against Boston. Like I can I can see that, right? Because it's still like 
if they're going to get up for a game, get up for that game. Like we, I mean, I did. I think I predicted it last week. You guys are talking about playing these bottom feeder teams, and I told you guys, guys, we never show up against bottom feeders. It's always the big teams. But like, I, I feel like all week I've been saying, like, when we just got schooled the last game, like we are going to show up the next game, like we're going to show up big, and then we sucked, and it's like, okay, now we're really going to show up, make a statement, then we sucked, and then it's like, okay. Anaheim, worst team in the league. We are tired of this. We're gonna show up, and then we just suck. And it's just like, how could you say we have any? You have any faith that we're gonna show up against Boston, who's the top team in the league right now? Like, it's if anything, like they're the team that's just gonna school us and show us exactly who we are. Well, I think the the reason why though is because like at the end of the day, Austin Matthews is better than anybody that's on that team, right? And so like, Pierre Engel is better than anyone who's on the team we face tonight. <laughs> No, I know, but I'm saying like, like it's the, it's the, the, it's, it's the Leafs. It's, it's exactly what Tim was just saying, right? Like, like they do play down to the teams that are worse than them. And typically they play up against these, these good teams. We haven't seen Boston in a long time. Like I am looking forward to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if the Leafs go out there and just lay an absolute egg, like then, then it's like, it looks, I don't know. Things just look even worse. I guess if that's, if that makes any sense, I know we literally just lost to the worst team in the league, but like, we'll know even more about this team. Well, after well this game in days. Philadelphia or rather it's in Toronto, but against Philadelphia on Wednesday this week is really important because we have following that Boston. And then the day after that is Carolina. Like recently the athletic came out with their power ranks for the leagues. Number one was Boston. Number two was Carolina. And that's our back to back. So like, we really got to right the ship here big in Philadelphia. So we have some confidence going into this weekend, but we're not going to be looking at a four game losing streak. We're looking at a seven game losing streak. And then you can start talking about fire and geef. I, I, I want to see how we do with Samson, Samson off and net. Uh, not that I'm scape, uh, scapegoating Shalgren, but like, I've I've been a fan of the Leafs long enough t- time to know you never make decisions about the team when you have a not reliable goaltender in net because it it does it has ripple effects throughout the rest of the team and no one plays the way they're supposed to when you have a when you don't have faith in the guy behind you. The mistakes the Leafs are making though, Tim, are in the neutral zone and the offensive <laughs> zone. Just giveaways and it's nothing to do with a goalie. It's just it's poor sloppy. decision making. It's sloppy plays, not thinking. It's like the, the problems are top to bottom, like everywhere, every player. I even thought like Matthews looked half decent in the Anaheim game. Wasn't enough. He finally got like a couple goals this week. I still think there's something wrong with the guy. He's, he's just like, he's not looking himself. It's just been glum and miserable for 42 minutes now. <laughs> I don't know how much longer we want to do this. <laughs> no, I think that's a good spot. Probably to end the pod. I feel, uh, uh, it's good we don't have a game for a few days. Leafs will get home, mm-hmm. right? It's been a long trip in California. I've never been to California before, but after this week, I have no desire to go. It seems disgusting. So, so what? What's your guys' keys? Keys to the week. What do What do you want to see this week? That's going to make you happy. What is it? Uh, I'll probably watch. Some of the Forge celebration. <laughs> oh my goodness. Shut up, Tim. I'll go first. I'm, I'm going to say Timothy Lilligren is, is going to come back this week. He's going to play his first game against Philadelphia. I think also Jordy Ben will be in that game. It'll be a new look deep D uh, group. And I, I think that uh, that's going to help a lot. A lot of our problems have been our deed, not able to get out of our zone. I, I, I think it's just going to be like all new, 
all new pairs. I wouldn't even be surprised if we see Timothy Lilligren on the top pair with Riley. Just like, I don't know. I, I think it'll, it'll look fresh. I think it's going to rejuvenate the group. And uh, I, I think that's going to help. Timothy Lilligren is going to save the day. That's what I'm thinking. Shake things up. That was my option number one. I hope that Herdia is very well intact. Throwing him in there his first game back. It's not like he's just come off the hospital bench and there he goes. Like he's oh, yeah, been, right. been taking his time. And I think he would have played one of uh, like one or a couple <laughs> of the games in this road trip, but they're in California. So I don't know. Come off the hospital bench. I'm imagining like all the players that come in in their cool suits. And then here's Timothy. <laughs> just Lilligren ripping in his, like, gown. out of his wrist. And like, get me out of here. I was thinking of the IV. <laughs> and Keith is like, I need you to save my job. <laughs> Steven's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Steven? Right, what do you got? Who is that guy? What do you got? Who's that guy? Um. Well, I mean, aside from like just a freaking win, that would be remarkable. Like I have faith that Samsonov's going to come in and play well on Wednesday. Um, it's, it's really the, uh, we need one good line. I I know we're talking about changing things around all the time. I want to see one good line that's working, that plays together for a couple of games this Mm. week. Like I would love, I would love to see what you suggested earlier about putting Nikki Rob up on that top line. I think he wouldn't seem out of place there. Bunting certainly doesn't deserve that spot right now. I'm glad that we're getting this lengthy look at him right now because contract before we signed him to an eight-year deal that's what i'm saying yeah after two games it's good to make that call so um that's what i want to see at the end of this week i feel like the easiest spot is yeah find which one of these remaining 10 10 human beings on god's earth can play with matthews and marner on the top line if that's what needs to continue happening maybe it won't be matthews marner so yeah maybe it won't be um Shoot, throw to Var- throw to Varus on the on the, on the wing. Rye, is that does that go into your? I I like it up? at this point. I I like it. It's not like Marner is in Sheldon Keefe's good books right now. I say I just want to see like one line that like is going is good that I can be happy with. All right, this line is out here. Things will be okay because I don't have that you know right line, now. You know what line was going? Uh, I said this on I think the end of our first pod of the season. That fourth line of David Camp. Uh, uh, Czar and Knack. Get that one back. Get it back. Kubel was sitting tonight. He wasn't even in the lineup. Sit everybody. Oh boy. That's a new one. Well, bring up, we go, uh, go ahead. Bring up, uh, what is his name? Curtis Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this lineup needs a Douglas. Are, are you guys ready for your fun fact from that Anaheim game? There was oh, one gosh. point in the game. Where the score was three to three in the third period with three minutes and 33 seconds left in, left on the clock. And the shots were 33 to 33. True story. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up at the clock and watching the game and I saw that and I had to write it down. I said, it's too, it's too sweet. There wasn't anything fun going on in Anaheim tonight. Yeah. Thank you. That was the highlight. Brutal. Make a wish. <laughs> check us out Somebody on YouTube. Check on Tim. Oh yeah. Well, we'll YouTube, we'll do baby. we'll do a separate episode. And we'll we'll intro that. But for now, uh, you listened to this far. I know that you can watch us on YouTube. <laughs> you watch it again. You can see the tears Tim is crying. 